It's episode 554 of the Locked On Texas Rangers podcast. On today's episode, apparently the Rangers have renewed interest in contact with Trevor Story. There might be a coach's son that is leaking information on Twitter, and the Rangers had their first spring training game. All that and more coming up on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. Are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On to Texas Rangers. I'm your host, Bryce Patrick. Joining me today is the one, the only, the great Rylan Styles, host of Locked On Royals, to talk about the surprise showdown, the great Cactus League rivals of the Texas Rangers, the Kansas City Royals. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. It was a fun first day of baseball for both teams. Tie game. What could you ask for more, Bryce? This was a great game. You know what you can't ask for more? You can ask for some drama. This is going to be a great, literally middle-of-the-night episode that we're recording. There's a whole bunch of drama that went down. But first, I want to thank you guys so much for making Locked On Rangers your very first listen every single day. If you're not already, go ahead and follow me at, on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. Follow the show at Locked On Rangers and subscribe on YouTube where we are, if we haven't already, we are just about to hit 600 subscribers on YouTube. Very excited. Also, go follow Rylan on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. And if you want your hit of Royals information, go subscribe to Locked On Royals on YouTube as well. He is there. And also, if, you, if you're if you an Oklahoma City Thunder basketball fan, which I'm sure there are some of you, there's a lot of Royals fans all over. So if you like that, you can follow Rylan on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles and follow his coverage on Locked On Thunder as well. This man is doing two Locked On shows. I, I don't know how you do it, but you are an absolute content grinder, and I very much respect you for it. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. I mean, I've I've always wanted to uh, be in the media scene, so I always knew I was not good enough to play at all. And so I've I've always wanted to be Dan Patrick, and so I'm trying to trying to get there one podcast at a time. Well, you got two, so maybe once you get to like four, then you'll get there. Is that we don't know? You you going for the record? You got to get some like NFL show, then you get like a a college show, then then you get like a, a an NHL show. I don't know, man. Where where trying does to break it stop? the record for most locked on podcasts ever? And I've got a long ways to go. So I'm pretty sure more two is the record. Two has got to be the record anymore. And you're an insane person. I mean, two is already an insane person, but. We've gotten like three minutes in this show. We haven't talked about the first actual baseball action. Corey Seager's first actual game as a Texas Ranger. He has a 1,000 batting average. He had a single up the middle on the first pitch. He also had a three-run home run off of a lefty. We saw some Jack Leiter. We had a Nathaniel Lowe home run. I mean, what was the highlight for you for this game? I'm sure it was the Corey Seager home run, right? Oh, totally. That was a great moment for everybody involved, but... <laughs> The highlight for me has to be Bobby Wood Jr. going two for two and uh, having his double and then the infield single quirk, but also Alberto Mondesi hitting a home run. I mean, Mondesi is very is polarizing. He to do that? <laughs> yeah, it's very polarizing because you never know when he's going to be healthy, and it feels like half the fan base has turned on him, half the fan base hasn't. And we all know Dayton Moore is a very family oriented man, and the only person he's ever remotely criticized in public is saying that you can't count on Mondesi anymore. So that tells you how polarizing he is. Wow. And to start out this way is really good. 
<laughs> yeah, that is that is good form, and uh, I, I should praise the Colleyville Heritage's own uh, Bobby Witt Jr., son of former Ranger great Bobby Witt the Sr. This was a, a nice kind of blend of you know old and young for the Rangers. You know, you have the the present and their future. You had Jack Leiter, who I gosh, what I wouldn't give to actually see what he did. He did give up a home run. He it was a real kind of just I don't want to say Jack Leiter. It's literally his first actual pro performance. The kid's what, twenty one years old. He didn't pitch in the fall because he threw a lot of innings in the spring with Vanderbilt. And then he spent back time back as a millionaire at Vanderbilt, just being a millionaire on campus, doing millionaire things, whatever you do. I don't know because I'm not a millionaire um, and I was very poor while I was in college. So I can't imagine what that's like. Just like a bazillion packs of ramen is, is what he's eating. He's actually probably taking right. better care of his body. But he also gave up a home run. He had four strikeouts. He hit 98 on the gun. What I wouldn't give to see what that actually looked like, the whole thing and, and everything like that would. You know, it's fine, but he did give up a home run to who I believe you called the best first base prospect in baseball. Who Nick is that? Prado. He's he's climbing up the ranks. Uh, Nick Prado has a 2022 you know, expected time of arrival for the Royals, and he's been somebody that's been up and down his entire prospect career. I mean, he started out pretty poor, and then last year he was incredible, and now he's one of the top prospects in baseball in terms of first baseman. Obviously, today it was announced that Bobby Wood Jr. is the top prospect overall in baseball, so a lot well to deserved. look forward to. Well deserved. <laughs> yes, it is. A lot to look forward to for Kansas City, and especially Nick Prado, who could be up in Kansas City maybe midway through the season, maybe earlier, and rounding out the infield. Yeah, it's definitely a, a, a fun time to be I feel feel like both our teams are have been in the, in the dumpster pretty much for the last couple of years, which obviously, but you know they're really on the come up at kind of the same time. I think that the Royals, I don't know, they both did it in kind of different ways. The Royals have had more top tier prospects. It feels like that are on the cusp. There's no Bywit Junior in the Rangers system as much as I like it, as much as I will defend it, and as much as it's improved from years past. And I really do like Josh Young, but Bobby Witt Junior is is a heck of a prospect. The Rangers spent a whole bunch of money and it, it seems like I was really frustrated by the Zach Greinke deal. I mean, I was happy for you, but I, he was a guy who I, I wanted the Rangers, the Rangers I, th- I thought needed one more rotation arm, but I'm, I'm glad if he couldn't go to the Rangers that he could go back home where he won a Cy Young, right? He, he did. Yep. That was okay. Just making sure I'm not fabricating that in my mind, but Zach Greinke is on a one year deal. Is this a, I'm going to do one year and then I'm going to call it quits kind of a deal. Do you think, or is it a, and I want to see how things are here. It looks like this might be a good situation for me. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because you, if you followed Zachary's career, you know that you cannot take his uh, media sessions for being anything because he loves joking with the media. But before the media even asked him a question, he said this is not a retirement tour. This is not his last year. Uh, you know, obviously strange things can happen in your career. You could get hurt or whatever. But this is not planning to be his last year. And that this was his number one destination that he wanted to go to. He wanted to get back in Kansas City. The Royals have, have talked to him many times over these last years to get this to happen. And so from the Royals' perspective, it's very interesting because Zach Greinke is not really one that you would imagine will take guys under his wing. However, when you sign up to play for the Royals in this current state and with the young pitching prospects, I mean, all their top guys in their system are pitching prospects, save for Bobby Witt Jr., MJ Melendez, and Nick Prado. You have Brady Singer, you have Jackson Coar, you have Daniel Lynch, you have Jack, you have all these guys to where Zach's going to have to show these guys how to be professional and will be pitchers and how to grow. And so that seems like a challenge he's invested in. So it'll be interesting to see 
this kind of new wave of his career and how much longer he can go. Will he be a part of this team next year and the year after whenever they think that they can break through and be a playoff team in these expanded playoffs? We'll have to see about that. But he says this is no Coach K retirement source, so we'll see how much that goes. And I will say for Bryce, he literally will defend your farm system to the death. He did that this this evening in our <laughs> lockdown. It will be a uh, uh, chat on Twitter. So he does get in those group chats on Twitter and defends it even when nobody's watching, and that's the true test of character. Oh, well, I, I appreciate you defending my honor and me starting fights for multiple reasons with multiple different ALS. That was in the last two oh days. I'm just in a feisty mood. You know, the Rangers start actually doing things and I get real feisty. But there, there's there's one more Royals question, this Royals uh, Rangersy kind of question that I want to ask you in a deal that made absolutely no sense. Mike Miner, former Ranger great, former uh, top 10, I believe twice. I want to say twice Cy Young finisher with the Rangers, two really good seasons and uh, had an all-time great moment when he hit 200 uh, strikeouts. There's a whole big deal with it with Boston about dropped a a, uh, potential foul ball on purpose because Boston was swinging on the first pitch every single time to try and deny him. He was at literally 199K and they were just being a-holes about it and a Boston reporter was crying about it and he said, I I can't remember exactly what he said, like it still counts basically, dunked on him. But anyway, that guy is traded. He signed a deal with Kansas City, what, not la- last year, right? Was it last year? Literally just one year back after winning the World Series with them as a reliever, then coming to rain- the Rangers and being a starter. But how was he last year? And what did you think of the move to trade him to the Reds, which are the most confusing team in baseball right now, if if not for the Rockies? Which No, no, I, I think the Reds might have that title, actually. Yeah, the Reds and Rockies, that, that's an interesting battle that we can talk about uh, of just what the, those two guys are doing. But for Mike Miner, I mean, last year he was good. I, I enjoyed him in Kansas City with a 5 ERA, And again, a good veteran for these young pitchers trying to make it and these young pitchers that have had a ton of ups and downs. It's not been roses for Brady Singer or Daniel Lynch or any of these other young pitchers for the Royals. Uh, however, this trade did clear up $10 million. You did get uh, Amir Garrett, who goes in the bullpen where the Royals really need help. And it was hopefully, you know, you would imagine was the reason why you got to sign Zach Greinke because you freed up that $10 million. You reinvest it back into Zach Greinke. So you basically trade Mike Miner for Zach Greinke and Amir Garrett. And in my opinion, with Amir Garrett, while he's no shutdown, lockdown bullpen arm, in the bullpen, he has the same value as Mike Miner while saving you money and while being the only Royals player who's feisty at all. The rest of these Royals are very mellow and kind of calm. Very sometimes you Yes, Midwest. And sometimes you need a guy to wake you up as a young team and say, look, you guys are actually really good. There's a story about Raul Abanez doing that same thing for the 2013, 14, 15 Royals of, look, we fear you guys. You guys need to wake up and just go take what's yours. And that's whenever Moustakis and Hosmer and Kane and all these guys realized how good they were and they were able to have those two magical runs in the playoffs. I'm not saying it's going to happen you know, this year, but Amir Garrett will not let anybody walk all over the Royals, no matter their record, no matter the young players' performances. And I think that it can only be a good thing for this locker room that does not have a strong personality in it, and now they do. Plus, you get Zach Grinke in return. So you swap out Miner for Grinke and Garrett. It's a pretty good deal for me for Kansas City. Yeah, yeah, I think so. One thing you said that confused me is, you know, the Kansas City Royals have a have bullpen depth issues, and I'm like, that's 
that's something that sounds super foreign to me with how how great their bullpen was on those runs. But uh, you know, coming up, we're going to get into the meat of this story of of what we're doing this episode for at you know two in the morning and what's going on with the Rangers potentially having some interest in Trevor Story, what the deal is with some leaked info there, all that and more. But first, you know, I'm I'm getting kind of hungry. It is late, and it might be about time for a snack. But you know, I kind of I kind of want a candy bar, but. You know, shouldn't I reach for something better, Rylan? Is there something better that I could have instead of a candy bar? Absolutely. We're both trying to make better decisions for ourselves. And at 2.30 at night, instead of reaching for that candy bar, let's reach for a Built Bar. Because Built Bars are fantastic protein bars that taste just like a candy bar with 100% real chocolate on the outside and even chocolate on the outside of their new Puffs Bars, which is a marshmallowy treat. 100% real chocolate, low calorie, high protein, replaces your candy bar with ease. Most Built Bars have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of nut carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which is about 240 calories, and a dozen nut carbs, and 30 grams of sugar. They have so many great flavors like mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and my personal favorite, cookies and cream. Now, I've got to hear, Bryce, what is your favorite Built Bar? You know, cookies and cream is is a solid one. Anything, like, just... Anything that the peanut butter brownie, like I'm, I'm a sucker for anything that's like peanut butter and chocolate. Like it's just a winning combination, just like, you know, Bobby Witt Jr. and Brady Singer are probably going to be for the Royals for years to come. Go check out built.com. Use the promo code lock 15, get 15% off of your next order. Now let's get into this. This is, this has been a weird night on twitter.com. It was started by a Twitter account that no longer exists. Uh, the Twitter account in question was called MLB Drops. And it's looking like the Rangers have some renewed interest in free agent Trevor Story. Trevor Story is an Arlington native, so the move makes a little bit of sense there. There was always kind of the thought, my initial thought, when the Rangers were first going into free agency, there were all these guys. Obviously, Corey Seager was the top of their list, but I thought, you know, the Rangers kind of suck, and he's been on the Dodgers his entire career, so might take more than you know the standard crap ton of money that it's going to take to convince this guy and like a good friendship with Chris Woodward, former Dodgers employee, to convince this guy to sign here. Obviously, it ended up taking. He, he talked about how it took Marcus Simeon signing there first. See, okay, I'm not going in there alone. It's not going to be literally just me. But once that happened, it was like, all right, well. The Rangers have their, their two big signings. They ended up getting John Gray. And there was some talk the last couple of days, the last well, since the lockout, the, the obvious thought was, okay, they're going to go hard on Clayton Kershaw. Now they missed out on Clayton Kershaw. Okay, well, there was a little bit more funds left for him, or maybe Say Suzuki. They missed out on Say Suzuki. Say Suzuki goes to the Cubs. So it's like, okay, well, they signed Brad Miller to, uh, I believe, a $10 million deal for the next two years, $5 million a year each. And it's like, okay. Well, third base is going to be occupied now with Josh Young going down to injury. Josh Young was the Rangers' top third base prospect who was right on the cusp of making the majors. And it was looking like, all right, that job is his to take. And then he has the shoulder injury. He's going to be out till at least the middle of August. And when he comes back, he's going to DH. And so the thought was, okay, Isaiah kiner falefa who's played shortstop the last couple of years, finally found himself position after bouncing around for literally his entire career and played really great defensively at shortstop. Okay, well, he's going to go to third. He's going to have a place. This is... Your t- this is your spot to lose, Chris Woodward said, right after the lockout. Boom, he's traded to the cup or traded to Minnesota, and then immediately within like a few hours is traded to the Yankees. So he doesn't have to deal with the Rangers and their crap anymore. And he's seemingly very happy and very corny as a Yankee with his clean shaven face, being kind of a dork about it. But you know, good for him. Be a dork. Love your Yankees. 
whatever. Very much a dork about it. Exactly. So right now it's looking like, okay, third base is going to be platoon with Andy Ibanez, who was much better at third base than I ever thought he was. He'd always been a, a second baseman. Came up last year, hit lefties really, really well. Didn't hit righties super well. And they go and get um, Brad Miller, who is a lefty who hits righties really well. And it's like, okay, well, that's going to be the platoon. But hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. There is a curveball that is thrown into the equation. And the curveball is that Trevor Story might want to come home. He might want to sign a smaller deal, reestablish his value. He has only played in Coors. He has some pretty, honestly, pretty slightly alarming splits that might think, okay, well, maybe most of his power is just Coors related. And then... Tonight, after all this breaks, let me let me read some of the tweets that were that were happening from MLB drops because I didn't get to that first. But this is at at ten twelve. It said report Rangers pursuing shortstop Trevor Story. Trevor Story also has mutual interest in Texas and is willing to take a smaller deal to go there. More to come. The Rangers are wanting to give Story two years, and Story wants around four years. That seems to be the main barrier in the deal at the moment. At 10.32, 20 minutes later, uh, to note, the stories are from North Texas, or N-O-R-R-H, Texas. They try to say North Texas. Very active in the childbirth game and have a huge desire to play on the Rangers. He had this desire prior to Seager signing, but physicals and other x-rays didn't look great, end quote. That was 20 minutes later. Okay, I want to... We're going to get into that. And I I just need you to sit with that. I'm just going to read that again. The stories are from North Texas, very active in the childbirth game, and have a huge desire to play on the Rangers. Desire had this prior to the Seager signing, but physicals and other x-rays did not look great. I just want everyone to sit with that for a second. And we're going to get into what the heck that means and what that means for the Rangers and what the Carlos Correa news has to do with all that and more. But first, you might want to be making a bet on on where the Rangers are finishing this year. And and now, their odds aren't super great at the moment. But if you wanted to make a big bet and think that, okay, well, maybe maybe this means that Trevor Story is going to sign on the Rangers and he's going to hit a bunch of dangers and the Rangers actually be really good. If you want to go make a, a bet on sports, where, where would you go to go do that, Mr. Ryland Styles? Why, you know I'd go to betonline.net. That is the best place for all of your sports betting needs. If you want to make some bets on March Madness, uh, my beloved Texas Tech Red Raiders are advancing. Uh, my beloved Alabama is is not. So I am deeply upset, but also not upset because my two favorite teams don't have to play each other. So I don't have to freak out about that. So that's a little bit nice, but also sucks because Bama lost in the first round. Anyway, if, if your team is not losing in the first round and you, or you there is a team that you like you want to combat go to betonline.net check out all the odds it's the best place for all your sports betting needs head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and learn more about the trends in action bet online where the game starts you know if you're if you feel a little uninspired and you're you're not sure where your free agency destination is going to lead you i i might encourage you to go read a book not just any old book a new book from new york times bestseller Tim Tebow. That's right. This episode is also brought to you by Mission Possible. Are you ready to discover your purpose and leave an impact wherever you go? Mission Possible, written and read by New York Times bestselling author and athlete Tim Tebow, former Mets prospect Tim Tebow, encourages you to find your inspiration, pursue your purpose, and create a life for yourself that counts. 
ignite a new spark in your life through this new inspirational listen. Mission Possible by Tim Tebow is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Okay, that was the ultimate tease of just reading the most ridiculous thing and then going immediately into an ad break. But I just needed everyone to just sit with that for a moment because I, I, I needed, I still need to sit with it after seeing it several hours later. For, first thing I want to get into is how much of this interest do you think is real? It's it's seeming like Evan Grant of the Dallas Morning News picked it up and said there is a renewed interest. They are talking according to his sources. So this is actually sourced from an actual reporter, not just a random account on Twitter. So how much interest do you think this is? And what kind of what other teams are are do you think are offering they're are making offers that it is causing this guy, Trevor Story, to look at a team that literally just spent five hundred million dollars on two star shortstops that I believe are a little bit better than him. Yeah, I think that he's the third of those two that the, the Rangers have already signed. However, when you look at this market, the Twins were in on story. They just got Correa. The Orioles By the were way, in on story. We haven't actually we haven't said exactly what that is. Let's actually say what the deal is. Sorry to just immediately cut you off right as you're going into it because we just kind of tease it. In case you haven't heard, because it be going up like an hour after it happened, Carlos Correa is now a member of the Minnesota Twins, signed a three-year deal with opt-outs after the first two years and obviously it ends after the third year. So literally at any point in time after any of the three seasons, he can get out of that contract. And uh, I believe it's $35 million a year. So whatever that math is, $105 million? Is that what it is? Yeah. I, okay. Yeah, I think it's $105 million, which is the largest contract offered by offered to a free agent in Minnesota Twins history. The highest average annual value for any infield player ever. Literally, I think five, yeah. 500K a year more than... Yeah, that's whatever. what I was saying, yeah. Um, anyway... Uh, but but continue. So this he is Trevor Story is basically the lone guy in the market right. at this point. Right. And and you had you had Simeon and Seager gobbled up by the Rangers, and then the twins was were in on Story heavily, and then they just I don't know where get Correa instead. The Red Sox have been in on, on Story. We'll see where that lands. We'll see where the Red Sox go from here. The Orioles were pushing heavily for Correa, and now they don't get him. And so if you're story, would you rather go to a rebuilding Orioles team be the face of that rebuild as you were in Colorado or return home, play in Texas uh, on a, on a kind of prove it bet on yourself deal and have a shot to compete for the playoff spot in your you know, home city, home state and live in Texas, which is I think a lot better than living in Baltimore in terms of the taxes for these rich MLB players, obviously. But uh, you know, and then other teams, the Yankees have not seen, like have not really shown a willingness to spin for some reason, but they need a shortstop very badly, but they just traded for uh, IKF, who you guys are very familiar with, mm-hmm. and with the Rangers. And so you, you look around and there's not many teams left out on the market for a shortstop right now, especially paying the premium that story would want. So if you're not going to get that premium price, why would you settle for a sure long-term deal with you know, the Orioles whenever you could just go home, play for the Rangers and show you're still really good away from cores and be a part of something that could be very special in Texas. And then also the Tigers were on a shortstop all offseason long. They got Javier Baez. So all these little spots that wanted shortstops that look so kind of plentiful are all evaporating very quickly. And so can you work out a story to Texas deal? I think that that might be the second most likely option. I still think that if the Red Sox want them, uh, that, that'd be a really good spot for them. But the Rangers are right up there to me. Yeah, I, I think they are. And the... The draw home didn't work with Clayton Kershaw, which breaks my heart infinitely. Um, 
but I th- you know, I'm not even going to go there with, with, oh my gosh, going to sign him next year. I'm not, I'm not going there with that. He might even retire after this year. Might win another ring with the Dodgers and say, all right, I don't want to ruin it by like being a shell of myself with the Rangers, which wouldn't blame him. But Boston has obviously shown a reluctance to pay players what they are worth. Also, they already have one of the best shortstops in baseball in Xander Bogarts. I'm not exactly sure his contract situation. I think he might have an opt out either after this year or the next year. So that might be an insurance plan. But they also have Xander Bogarts, who's one of the best third basemen, which is obviously the, the next position where he would move if he's not playing that shortstop position. I don't think they moved to second base. I can't exactly remember who Boston has at second base, but it is. It was Christian Arroyo, right? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Who is, I-, I think fine. I don't, I don't have any thoughts on him at my head in the, in the moment, but at this point, the question is if he did sign with the Rangers, would he play shortstop or would Corey Seager? Now, obviously Corey Seager is the big signing, but Seager's defense has kind of fell, fell off ever since he had Tommy John surgery. He is a bigger guy for shortstop. But right now, Trevor Story is a legitimate plus defender at at shortstop. He has won a gold glove. He is uh, has the movement, has the range. It is legit. Like it is, it is a legit shortstop right there. He is, I believe, six foot, so he's not as tall. Uh, no, no, six two. So still a little bit bigger for a uh, for a shortstop. But, you know, not 6'5", like Corey Seager. But having that guy there, and I think the, the lineup construction helps him out a whole lot as well. He is maybe the four-hole hitter at this point. I think right now the Rangers are, are looking at it like Corey Seager and or Marcus Simeon is going to hit some combination of 1-2 or 2-3. They also have Mitch Garver, who is probably going to be in somewhere between, if not hitting leadoff, which I think... I think I might like him better there because he has more experience there. Corey Seager's almost entirely in his career has been a number two hitter. Been there. But basically, you have Garver, some combination of those three, one, two, three. Then you also have Nathaniel Lowe there who will probably hit fifth and Story can bat cleanup. So he's not the only option. He'll also have some protection, who I think Nathaniel Lowe is also due for a much better season than he's had this year. But at this point, I would think that, you know, Corey Seager isn't playing for another contract. It depends on what kind of a guy he is and how much of the negotiating initially of him coming to Texas was based on telling him, hey, you're going to play shortstop. We're going to let you play shortstop. We're going to pay you $325 million. We're not going to not let you play shortstop. That's the whole thing. Obviously, eventually he's going to move off of there. But I think since he's not going to be playing for another contract, and obviously Trevor Story is, if the Rangers let him play his primary defense there, you have a gold glover at second base. You have a gold glover at shortstop. And I think that at that point, Corey Seeker could be gold glove caliber at third base. And then you have Nathaniel Lowe, who's kind of, you know, Eric Hosmer like on defense, <laughs> but still, still the rest of that outfield or the rest of that infield defense is, is pretty good. But I'm curious who, who's playing third base right now. I guess, I guess it's going to be Bobby Witt Jr. is going to be playing third base. And uh, who we were just out about uh, Mondesi is going to be playing Shortstop. So the Royals aren't going to break the bank. Like, I guess they don't normally break the bank, but they're not going to be some one of the surprise teams because John Heyman did say there were four teams. I should have started with that probably. There were four teams. They were the Giants, Boston, and two mystery teams. It seems like mystery team number one has revealed themselves in the right. Rangers. But I'm curious, who do you think mystery team number two could be? 
At yeah, this point. I don't see it being the Royals because the Royals have that same issue that the Rangers are talking about right now because you have Nicky Lopez and you have Bobby Witt Jr. and you have Alberto Mondesi and you have Henry Dozier and Whit Merrifield who you, know, you can slide Witt to the outfield very easily. And I know that you might not want to count on Alberto Mondesi to play any game, so why even hold his spot and whenever you can get Trevor Story? But it just doesn't seem like a move the Royals would make, so I would rule out the Royals. But you look at the other mystery teams – and then you start wondering, who is it then? Because if it's not the Royals, and it's and it's for sure not going to be the Twins now, yep. could it be the Astros? Could, could they have known the writing was on the wall earlier this afternoon, and then they kind of had that Heyman, were in there with Heyman about, hey, we're the mystery team on the Astros? And how does Heyman know there's a mystery team? If he knows the team, just say it. Like I, I don't get what, what we're doing with mystery teams here, but uh, that seems like a – odd leak to me but i think that i will shoot an down the, the astros the i will shoot down the astros because if it did come out that the astros did offer him uh carlos correa that is i believe five years 160 million dollars and so this is more of a completely bet on yourself prove that i can be healthy prove that i'm still elite and i can get that seven eight nine ten year deal that that i'm looking for if i'm carlos correa and uh if they're not going to pay him that that i don't think that they're going to pay story but I'm, I'm curious if you think it could be Seattle because they're a guy, a, a team that I thought would be higher in on the Bryant sweepstakes. Maybe they were still just as high as everybody else. And the Rockies came in and made literally the most confusing move of the last probably 20 off seasons by far in doing that. But is there any other logical team that kind of stands out to you of a team that's like on the verge, wants some big splash, hasn't really made a big splash? Obviously, the Mariners did make a big splash in signing for a Cy Young winner, but offensively, I think they made they made a trade for Jesse Winker. But other than that, they could still use probably one more veteran bat that's got some oomph in them. Is am I not thinking of anybody in particular? I actually really like that Seattle call because right now, according to FanGraphs, like they they project the lineup to be uh, in the infield: Crawford at short, Suarez at third, Frazier at second. I mean, you can do a lot better than that for a team trying to. Uh, break their playoff throughout, you know, as as much as they are, and mystery team. I mean, what if just the Rockies go crazy and like they sign Chris Bryant first, and then like ah, let's go ahead and bring back Story. I think that there's like been burned bridges there from Story's perspective, where he probably wouldn't want to go back to the Rockies, but they're having a terribly weird offseason. Now the Marlins have said that they're going to spend money. Now this could be a cover up. <laughs> From the, they, I know, I know. But whenever Derek Jeter left out the door, he said that it was because they weren't spending money. And then Bruce Sherman, their owner, just had a grandstanding with the media, like, oh, we're going to spend this offseason. And now Castellanos is gone, who was a very easy option for them to go pick up. He's gone. And you have Schorber gone. And you have Correa gone. And you have all these free agents gone to where if you're going to scream at the hilltops, you're going to spend money for your franchise. You gotta Why actually not? do it. There's, you don't have anyone else to spend money on besides Story at this point. <laughs> hey, hey, Brock, former All Star Brock Holt is still out there. Uh, that's true, <laughs> but I, I wouldn't call a press conference to go say we're going to spend money and then go sign Brock Holt. It's just, just not what I would do personally. Uh, personally, I don't think that'd be a great idea either. As much as I, not to trash on Brock Holt, who did have a negative four last year, but it was was very fun, very good online which is not something that I expected from him. I didn't expect to like him as much as I did. Same with Charlie, Charlie Culberson as well, who is back with the Rangers on a minor league deal. But this is some really interesting stuff. I think if I were to have my my dream scenario, which I didn't even, I've shot up down literally, 
there have been so many people on YouTube that have been commenting like, yeah, no, now they're going to go get Trevor Story. Now they're going to get Trevor Story for the last like three months. And I'm like, what are you talking about? No, they're not going to get Trevor Story. And then the Rangers are like, ha ha, not so fast. But in my ideal world, if they did get Trevor Story, which I'd have a, a whole nother, you know, emergency podcast for that. Uh, seven like emergency podcast for that on the same day. But in my dream world, I would probably put Trevor Story playing shortstop long term. I would I would move um, Corey Seager, move him on third base so we could get established there. That's probably always where his long term home is going to be. I think he'd be better defensively there, it'd be better for him overall, and would still be a big plus over the average offensive output of a third baseman. And you get Trevor Story, so you have the middle of your lineup all doing that. Then you know. To answer the Josh Young question, whenever he comes back, I'd probably put him at first base, then go trade Nathaniel Lowe for some pitching. I don't know. This is all hypothetical. This all really came up out of nowhere. And by the way, I don't even think I got into saying exactly what it was, but it, it turns out the account, the account that was was linking all these things, we had a screenshot of uh, Joseph Hires, who was one half of MLB Drops, Tim Hires, who was the Rangers' new hitting coach. Can't believe I saved this for the very end, but I, I really hope that all of you stuck out through the end because this is the most wild part. But Timothy Hires is a former Boston hitting coach who the Rangers signed this offseason. His son, he has three kids, according to Wikipedia. Someone dropped this. Uh, Zach, Ashley, and Joseph. One of the guys who is claiming to be half of MLB drops is Joseph Hires, which gets into a whole other question about the very active in the uh, child rearing game, whatever a child, what, whatever I, I said before with the x-rays and whatever, all that. Right. Um, very active in the childbirth game. That's what I meant to say. But that, that raises some other questions that I'm going to get into next week because that's a whole other bag of worms. But it's looking like these we actually finally know where those are coming from. They did break the news of a couple of different signings including brad miller before anybody else and i believe they they broke the um the uh, seattle mariners signing robbie ray before anybody else as well so maybe the other half of that account was somebody in the mariners some son of a mariners There's coach some fraternity of hitting coaches sons that are getting together for fake accounts yeah but anyway you, you got to know- do this if your dad was a hitting coach for the rangers would you like leak out info he told you for to, for clout no, not for clout. I would, I don't know. For cl- God, clout is a disease. But if you're actually leaking it to like reporters and you're claiming to be a source, then like that's a whole different thing. But doing it for your own clout for a invisible Twitter account, which you then delete, and he is probably grounded for life. And it honestly, there might be some repercussions for Tim Hires if it does turn out that this was actually his son and not just some person faking to be his son some other like whole big thing that we don't even know about but at this point it's looking like a absolutely wild thing that is happening lots more to come lots more speculation now about trevor story which you know the rangers already had a very fun off season and we did have a first game jack lighter a Corey seager home run which was resplendent and also some fun royals talk as well this has been a great surprise Friday at 2 a.m. episode that's probably not going to upload until like 3, 4 a.m. Oh, God, it's almost 3 a.m. It's going to be 4 a.m. before this actually uploads. But Rylan, thank you so much for helping me keep my head on straight in all of this craziness. Where can the fine folks who are listening to this podcast find you and all of your good work? 
You can find me on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles for Royals content on Twitter at locked on Royals and also locked on Royals podcast, locked on thunder podcast and Bryce for my listeners. We're going to get a dose of this very spunky fun Rangers team. Well, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. The actual at Locked On Rangers is is home to the Texas Rangers, not that pretender hockey team up north. We got dibs because we were here first. You can also subscribe to Locked On Rangers baseball, and I guess if you want, you can you, no, they they can promote their own show. You can subscribe to the Rangers Locked On. The baseball Rangers Locked On podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast, y'all. Thank you so much for enjoying us freak out about this crazy night. Absolutely wild. So much more to digest about this, and gosh, just so glad that we actually have some real baseball talk. Rylan, thank you for joining me, guys. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, don't forget to enjoy baseball. <laughs>